Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Role Playing as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and thanks for tuning in again. Joining me today, we got Scott, who's probably bottom right here, and we have Finder, who's on the <laughs> side over here. And if you're listening to this on uh, our po- on podcasts, yeah, uh, for the first time ever, we are actually on YouTube video. Us people, we are real people, and. This will be a good way in the future to tell if other Scott is actually another Scott or if it's just an actor. Oh, that's yeah. fair enough. No, I wouldn't argue. No, I would argue with myself like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to be aware. You would, you would. I would. I would. <laughs> yep. So oh, if things are, the light's not right or anything like that, we are trying to, we're working on it. Uh, hopefully we'll be getting some green screens, but this is kind of like our little pilot. So give us criticism, guys. We need it. A lot <laughs> but on today's about the ep- content <laughs> about the content yeah we already know we're horrible yeah. people don't worry um <laughs> so on tonight's episode we're going to have a discussion about the difference between tabletop rpgs and story games which i really didn't know too much about story games or what they are but i've had to do a little research <laughs> what in your guys' opinion, what is the difference between an RPG and a story game? You want to go first, Scott, or do you want me to? No, you, you brought this up. So <laughs> well, I, I did bring it. I, I brought it up from a conversation that we'd started having a while back when Santa was talking about solo games. And we I'd made the comment that a GM-less solo game is not a TTRPG. And that got me thinking about, okay, what would I consider a true RPG? And when I say RPG, I'm talking TTRPG because I don't consider video game RPGs RPGs either. <laughs> so <laughs> so, uh, so for me, things like a, a GM-less solo game is not a TTRPG. I don't consider choose-your-own-adventure books uh, TTRPGs. Those are story games. That's why I consider the GMless solo game. That's more of like a choose your own adventure. Even if it's being made up on the fly, that is you playing with yourself, pun intended, uh, coming up with something. You're writing your own choose your own adventure story, basically. And, and so other games that I would consider things like story games could be um, Pandemic, that sort of stuff. Uh, sure. Frost, uh, uh, what is it? Not Frosthaven, but uh, what's the Frost, other Frostgrave? Stone, stone, Frost. Is it Stonegrave? I've got the game in my closet. I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those. It's like uh, Frostgrave. I think was is the new version of that, right? There was one before that. Gloomhaven. Sorry, Gloomhaven. Oh, Gloomhaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gloomhaven to me is a story game. It's not a. It's not an RPG because. Even though you're in there and you, you have missions and things like that, it's a, it's a dungeon crawl type of thing. I, I don't consider it an RPG because you're not really playing your role. You're, you're not coming up with your own character. You have these ones that you kind of have pre-assigned, that sort of stuff. So that to me is a, a story game allows us to create stories. It allows us to maybe alter the way that story comes out. But for me, an RPG requires social interaction of us um, taking on a role. So a GM-less game can be an RPG. 
if it's more than just me, because then I have other people that are taking on their roles of characters and I can't control those. I got a question for you then. What about games that are story games, but involve multiple people and potentially a GM? Give me an example because pandemic involves multiple people. And that to me is a story game and not an RPG. Um, well, what, what's the, what's that one done by David? Uh, Scott, uh, God, town. Called... Uh, you talking about Bedlam Hall? Oh no, a town called Malice. Yeah, a town called yeah. Malice. That one yeah. is considered yeah. a story game, um, and it's. I would say like it's kind of almost narrows the line between it, but generally that one is, I guess, a GM one too, eh? Or it says to have a GM sometimes. Yeah, it can. Yeah, you can have a GM when you do that. Yeah. Because so part of the storytelling stuff though is uh, the much disproven GNS theory, which <clears throat> I say disproven, but there's still there there are crumbs of truth to games can be easily divided into a game is game, you know, a narrative style game, and then a simulationist game. That's uh, people get pissy about it, but that that is absolutely true. Um, yes, you can mix and match, but systems lean heavy in one direction or the other. So you look at Fate. Is considered a story a story game, right? Yeah. Uh, dungeon anything probably apocalypse is considered a story game. Um, what else? Tread probably what ten candles is ten candles, right? Ten candles, yeah. Yeah, so things like that are cons- also considered in the story story games. Story game kind of genre. Um, so yeah. I, I guess maybe we need to come yeah. up with a solid definition because for me, I would still consider um, Powered by the Apocalypse. That to me is still an RPG, even though you said it was mm-hmm. a story game. Yeah. Um, and, and I would still consider that an RPG. I, I think it's because it's how it's written. That's um, if you read anything PBTA, they focus real heavy on like almost the, within the first probably 10 pages or so. It's going to be the why are we here? Well, we're here to explore, you know, what makes uh, screaming battle axes uh, the happiest things on earth. And this this game helps us get to those get to those tales. I guess that's how the that's the perspective they write from. But you're not wrong because we play Dungeon World, and I, I agree with you. I still think Dungeon World is a really great version of Dungeons and Dragons. I recant what I said last episode after Santi reminded me of DCC. But yeah, you're not wrong. I still do consider that a very much a role playing game, and you could do a lot with it. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, as far as like story, like I don't know, man. Because I understand what you're saying about like Gloomhaven is chess with fireballs and swords right mm-hmm. yeah so well and and it's it can be co-op it can be non-co-op but it's still a team-based game as well even in the non-co-op yeah. version it's still a team-based game you're not fighting each player other than to maybe be the first to accomplish the objective of whatever that particular mission is so i found actually an article that kind of delves into this a little bit it was done by the alexandrian.net Alexandrian. Um, yep and they were actually trying to pretty much put a little bit of a definition. So with tabletop RPGs, uh, it is considered a TTRPG if the player it's him, themselves, uh, their character is their main focus. So if anything, when it comes to advancing or anything like that, only focuses on that character itself, it is considered a tabletop RPG. Uh, now, on the other side of the spectrum, uh, generally story RPGs or story games, uh, 
they are where progression of the character is either non-existent or minimal, but the rules and mechanics also emphasize the players themselves creating the scenes as it goes about. So if there's mechanics built towards creating a store, like creating the world and the story, it is considered more of a story RPG. While if it focuses solely on the characters that the players are playing, it is then a tabletop RPG. And he even says it does get like in the article, uh, it does get fuzzy in between that stuff where there are some that kind of teeter, teeter the line between both of those. But in general, it is either a game that focuses more on mechanics that push a story or mechanics that push more towards the characters, like progression. What do you think of that? Do you think that's kind of a valid way to look at it? I mean, it's it's kind of what you're what you're getting at, I think, right? Which yeah. is like like the dungeon world again, because it's just the easiest PBTA to, to really talk about without being disgusted um, by some of the nonsense. Um, uh, PBTA, the, the tagline for for Power by the Apocalypse is always you play to find out. Yes, but to 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 Rich's point, to the point of the article, to find out you have to make rolls, right? You have mm-hmm. to hack and slash. You have to. Um, I mean, my, my mind's going blank, but um, all of the moves you make and the and the moves based on the class, those facilitate the finding out. Yeah, you can say, well, no, this is a, this is the lair of the bullywogs, and they were driven out into the swamps from the underground portions by salamanders. Okay, but how do you know that? Well, I had to spout lore, which means you had to make that roll. And so, but to Rich's point, like Gloomhaven and some of the other games, the town called Malice, the most important thing isn't your character at all. It's moving from scene to scene and narrowing it down yeah. as to who the murderer is or the problem is, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And Gloomhaven is what? To get to the end of the dungeon and Cleverman uh, gets cards and treasure and, and objects. And you right? get yeah. cards, loot, and all that <clears throat> stuff. And you keep going like you do have yeah. pre-gen characters. That one, like, I think that's... Yeah. I don't see according people, to that definition though according to that definition gloomhaven would be considered an rpg because the rules are around the advancement of that character you get through the dungeon oh. and you advance your character oh, i okay. think that's considered a if, if i remember it's correctly i've only played it once i've only played it once so it's a video game and i, I haven't caveat. launched it yet yeah yeah it's yeah, I, so. I consider gloomhaven a board game i do not consider it an rpg i think yes, it has rpg elements, I, I agree but it's purely a board yeah. game now even in this article, you uh, one of you guys actually mentioned uh, Dread, and he even says, he's like, I'm yeah. not too sure where to place this one because the lines are a little bit blurred with uh, Dread because there is a mechanic that really kind of builds the world, especially with pulling out, uh, you know, pieces of Jenga. But at the same mm-hmm. time, the char- the players themselves are more focused on the character's actions more than I, the world progresses. I disagree with that. I've seen uh, – nah, I disagree with that. I, I've done Dread and I've seen it played a bunch of times and no one is concerned about their character. They're concerned yeah. about toppling the stupid, the stupid tower, right? Oh, yeah. And then ending their turn, which isn't really their character. It's, it's the, oh, I've made the situation worse for everyone because now there's one less person to, to do the story. So – that's a weird one for him to have written that on. Well, he, he, Let, he let's go just, back to Gloomhaven for a second, though. When you're yeah, done, sure. when you're done finishing this comment, I want to go back to Gloomhaven. Well, so yeah, finish your thoughts, just, Santa. Yeah, I was just going to say the only thing is, is he actually says he's like he can't argue if someone says it's a role playing game 
but he also can't argue if people say it's a story game because it is one of those games that kind of blur the line to a point where it's almost if you wanted to put in either one of those categories you would not be able to properly fit it so uh that was just one thing that the article is just bringing up that he does bring up wushu which i know that's one of your favorite games scott and he says that's yeah yeah i know it's not uh he actually said he's like that one is a pure story game because you build your character gets stronger and stronger as you describe more he's like it's not there to be to level up your character to have this it's literally just there for a story and i was like okay makes sense but uh back to gloomhaven so what makes gloomhaven a board game and not an rpg let me ask you that and the reason i'm asking is we play with dolls so what's the difference between us playing with dolls in an rpg and playing with dolls on gloomhaven it comes in a box do you think well, uh, so look, D&D, look behind right? Scott. Scott's got <laughs> yeah. a bunch of boxes back there. <laughs> so. the, the original D&D came in a box, but no, yeah. no dolls. So what's the difference between... I don't think there is one, but like, if we don't want to use... If we could continue with Gloomhaven, but Wrath of a Shardalon. It uses a modified 5th edition rule set, and it's a game where you open the box and you adventure in a randomized dungeon with uh, Dungeons & Dragons characters. And they have little character cards, and it's the same thing as Gloomhaven, right? It's just yeah. Watsy made it. I almost said TSR. Watsy made it, and they did all their board games that way. But they do call them board games. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's a good question. Is like, what is that defining line? Is it investment or is it uh, the um, the verisimilitude, right, of you and your character and the goals and your? Because in Gloomhaven. Did you really give a shit if the character made it off? Because was the presence of the board and how it looks and how it plays, does it psychologically, I guess, uh, just dampen your like role-playing instincts? Uh, To me, it does. In that I know that this is a game with a singular mission for this phase of it. Uh, again, I've only played it once. I, I, I need to get back to it because it was a fun game. But there's very little role-playing of that particular mini that you have, right? You may have some, hey, get over here and help me sort of interaction like like you would in a, in a TTRPG where you're trying to have team tactics of some sort and coordinate. But there's not necessarily a lot of interaction with NPCs other than to murder them. Okay. So I, th- that's why I don't consider Gloomhaven a TTRPG, but I would consider it a story game more than a board game because all of the aspects of the board are no different than what I would have in a TTRPG either. In fact, sure. all of the assets were available so that you could create your own new scenario even. You don't have to follow just the scenarios that are in the book. You can come up with your own scenarios for that hmm. game. So here, here's just my thought process and, and this might be a little bit, um, I don't know if you could, if this would be a dead set for all board games or anything like that, but I think the way you can tell from what a board game is opposed to an RPG, a story game is a board game is a self-contained product. When you buy Gloomhaven, everything you would possibly need comes in a singular box. (laughs) 
You can read the rules and start playing. You don't need to come up with a story. And it's, it's true though. Like, and I know you can say like, Oh, well, there's, there's this and that. The but starter sets. <laughs> starter sets for what game? So D and D has a starter has like, it will have 500 starter sets at this point. But yeah. yeah. The starter sets have, they have the dungeon, they have dice, character sheets, uh, the maps, they have everything you need. And you never actually need anything besides a starter set technically to play the game for a long time. Correct. Yeah, it doesn't but, have the core rules or anything like that, though, right? No, it, it has yeah, it the does. core rules yep. for the starter set. Yes. Now, yep. are they are they a simplified version? Are they a yeah. stripped down version? Yes. It's yeah. not the DMG. It's not the PHB. It's not the Monster Manual. Yeah. But it does have the rules for the combat. It has the rules for all of that sort of stuff that you would yeah. need to immediately jump in and start playing. Yeah. In fact, it's probably more playable five E. <laughs> That's beside the point. Um, but I, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, and to what Rich said, is like uh, in Gloomhaven, there's, in a board game like Wrath of Shardalon, Gloomhaven, you're not going to enter, because I'm thinking about like um, uh, Ruins of Undermountain, right? Which is technically a giant board game like Gloomhaven. You're going down your dungeon crawling. And you're doing the things and you're you're just moving on, moving along the, the, the paths and you're killing shit and all that jazz. But there are times in Undermountain or any other mega dungeon, any other dungeon period, where you can stop and parlay. That won't happen at Gloomhaven, right? There's like you said, there's no interaction between you and any of the other creatures that are on the board. Yeah. Um, Not that I know of. I will say that there, there maybe there yeah. are. I, I, I've I only run the very first introductory scenario. So, so by the book, though, and the rules, yeah. is it ever discussed? Because like D&D discusses social skills. Um, every every role-playing game actually yeah. at some point has to address role-playing. But yeah. I don't think Gloomhaven ever does. I don't ref- yeah. Either, neither, yeah. And, and it may. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you in that I assume that it does not cover that yeah. because – I, I've never played. I, I mean, I've never read the full, full the full book. I was playing with somebody else, so they okay. The rules. <laughs> so, so there was there was an article. It was an article written. Um, I forgot what year. Santa can look it up um, if he's so inclined. But this will be a very fun statement. A lot of young folks haven't heard it. And by young, I mean you're new to the hobby. Um, John Wick, not that John Wick. John Wick who invented Seventh C and all that jazz. Um, he had this really cool post that tells a lot of heat and a lot of whining. Uh, chess is more of a role-playing game than Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> because Dungeons and Dragons isn't a role-playing game. It's actually labeled as an adventure game. And it has been for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look An adventure that up. game is where you Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh Yeah, I, I forgot what you looked for, but just John Wick uh, chess is a role-playing game or something like that. But yeah, it's you know, in the original in, uh, through all of D and D, is you you move your pieces and you they just do their thing. They you know, and it's like his his point was is in chess. There's there's just more to chess than people give it credit for, and the the, the actual tactics in chess matter than when you're moving your dolls around in D and D. Like we had a conversation on the on the chat uh, or the, in a Discord server right about that. Like mm-hmm. very few people use tactics. Very few people care about vision and encumbrance and all the other shit that gets in their way but it's like okay but then you're not really you really are just playing chess at that point and you're just dah, 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 we'll make some die rolls and let the randomizers figure out what happens and and i'll hit and then rich hits me and then i swing at him and he swings at me and i swing at him and eventually someone goes to zero hit points from 540 hit points and we move to the next room did so, you find it 
Uh, I saw that the first edition does. I'm just looking at the second edition. I don't think says it, but it something I I read recently, which might explain why the first edition said adventure game, because I think the term tabletop RPG came after more games were coming out with, you know, tabletop games, but they can't call it Dungeons and Dragons because that's not that's the name of a game. So I think that was created after first edition. I'm not sure if Tunnels and Trolls said RPG. I haven't looked at Tunnels and Trolls in forever, but because that was really early on too, as a direct competition yeah. to D&D. But yeah, if you can, if you if anyone listening, go and find that article by John Wick because it was really good because he took a lot of flack for it. He defended it. He did a video I think on YouTube about it. Um, but it's a really cool read. Do I believe it? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I probably straddle that that line yeah. because yeah. you can like we've talked about before. We can see the the war game roots yeah. of mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's grown beyond those, yeah, so yeah. it's not just a war game any longer. It does allow you to take on your role. It does have interaction with NPCs, um, that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's a, a big part of it as well. So I, I'd still consider yeah. Dungeons and Dragons an RPG. Oh yeah, but I think it's funny are RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> that's a topic we cover. Sorry, to Jared. <laughs> <laughs> that's sorry. We'll get into play Savage Worlds. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. But story games are uh, they're very they can be very ephemeral. I'm yeah. trying to think of any like story games that i've played because i don't even think fate is a st- when they come up with gns theory over in the forge um what a shithole um <laughs> i i get it was a time when the hipsters again if you haven't watched zero charisma go watch zero charisma it came out right about the time that all the hipsters were invading the hobby and mm-hmm. trying to have their you know uh mocha chai cappuccinos fucking versions of role-playing games and so i should probably not shouldn't swear for me on youtube um and um but they did this gns theory they wanted this to neatly divide these games and that's where you get into trouble and i'm like fate's really a really good role-playing game because you're literally playing a role and you're taking mm-hmm. a character like well that's the story part of it nah, it's more narrativist i would say but and even then fate still has very not complicated but it has a complex uh resolution mechanic you have to roll those four dice and it's a plus a negative or it's a nothing but you're still using modifiers to that and so you're still looking at things and it's like okay well i'm and that is even more complex for gamers is like okay well i have uh i don't know super agility and i roll my dice and i have two pluses a minus and a neutral what does that mean right most games, it's like, hey, I rolled this number and it's better. It's that number or better, that number or the less. And so it's very easy. But yeah. with Fate and the Fudge system, it's like that. You have to really, it's very interpretive um, because then you get to determine what happens. And you, there's also <laughs> even mechanics set in place for you to change the scene of the world yeah. itself. You can add in things. You can yeah. remove things. You can uh, you can do quite yeah. a bit. And yeah, it does. It does also fit the definition of having little to and that in fact that game has no character progress towards getting more powerful change like abilities it's all based off of literally just like oh what's your character oh i'm a hardened cop okay 
that's part of your thing. Okay, what's what's your personality? What's uh what what do you have any signature stuff that you do? And it doesn't even have to be items. And you build all that. Yeah. And like if you put your an Amazonian woman with a spear made out of gold that can pierce the heart of the evil. I'm just throwing this one out there. Mm, those yeah, now yeah. become those now become elements in the game. So it is your they, aspects, yeah. Yeah, and that all changes the narrative and it changes the world around. I would actually say that Fate's actually a really good example of a story game that's almost mas- that has been masquerading as an RPG. <laughs> I so I-, I wonder if there's a different level here, and, th- and where I'm going with this is narrative. I-, I like Scott's use of the word narrativist rather than than whatever it is that we were talking about, like a story game. <laughs> and the reason I say that is if D&D, if the, if the whole thing is around telling a story, and that's what makes a story game, I would argue that most people expect Dungeons & Dragons to be a story game now. Because sure. we go into this looking for character progression, whether that's in the form of gaining levels or resolving a character arc, it doesn't matter. You look at Critical Role, and that is a story that Matt Mercer is telling collaboratively with his players. Mm-hmm. And most of us, I think, go into a game trying to sell, tell some sort of story unless we're doing like a West Marches style campaign. But most of us have something in mind. The overarching campaigns like yeah. the Dragonlance, uh, Shadow of the Dragon Queen or whatever it is, that's got a story behind it. Yep. Um, most of them are now storyist in that regard, yep. but there are certain games that are more narrativist. I would argue that Fate is probably more of a role-playing game because the GM comes up with the story, right? If it's if it's what I'm imagining, I've never played Fate, but there's no difference between Scott coming up with a story running that character through, playing, taking on the roles of NPCs, the characters interacting with NPCs in that regard, whether the character progression has defined rules. And I would argue that fate might have that because as I say, this is part of my character now, it becomes part of that. Your characters are going to grow based on the way that story is going. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to introduce new elements to yeah. that, which to me is character progression. Because mm-hmm. so- your character is not going to remain static. I, I think story game not... is no that's that uh, you actually yeah. just kind of like made a little light bulb for me if uh, if I have the technology you'll see a light bulb right there, um, <laughs> but what if instead of using the term story because that is it, it it almost makes it sound like it's a completely different genre and I don't think it is but we have a tabletop role playing game which tends to facilitate okay well you know you have these miniatures you have this. Uh, you have your paper that you always see in front of you. What if instead of just tabletop RPG, what if we have also narrative RPGs? That way oh you can God. actually tr- you can actually diso- you can actually kind of dis- well associate them as similar with small different variations between them. You're traveling back in time. Have you ever read GNS theory? Uh, I remember you sent it to me once. I read it <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then I totally forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good read because it talks about the stuff that you just talked about. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's theater of the mind. It's it's yeah. It's, there's a lot to disagree with with the GNS theory. There's a lot that is makes sense. Um, 
but people let their own personal biases on both sides of the argument get in the way of of having an actual conversation that's unfortunate mm-hmm. um, no that's that's yes just how <laughs> that shit was going on in 2008 so 2022 is nothing nothing new in 2023 <laughs> none of this shit is new uh, <laughs> it's just it's just how it always is and I think part of my my thought processes on why this is important is I get frustrated when somebody says they've played RPGs and they say video games. Oh, same thing yeah. with same thing with solo RPGs that are GMless. That to me is not a game at that point. A game to me, when we're talking RPG games, requires social interaction at some level. With sure. somebody outside of yourself, if I am having a, if I'm doing a GMless game, even if I'm coming up with that story on the fly myself, I'm the GM, I'm the characters, I'm the NPCs, I'm trying to write a book. That's all I'm doing at that point, right? That, that's <laughs> yeah. the way that I see that. I mean, really, yeah. Um, you could turn and, and so book, yeah. TTRPGs can be broken down into tactical RPGs, narrative RPGs, or whatever. But those are still RPGs as long as you have one or, or like at least two or more people involved. Like if, I, if I'm doing a solo game, I'm the GM and Scott's the player. That's still an RPG. Mm-hmm. That, that's still to me an RPG. <clears throat> but it's when you get into this, well, I'm going to play a solo RPG. No, you're not. You're, you're, you're going to choose your own adventure book or you're going to start writing your own story and you're talking with yourself, and that's okay. That's totally cool. I, I do that myself. Um, I, I've got my degree in creative writing, so I understand that. But it's not playing a game at that point. That, to me, is coming up with something to entertain myself, but it's not a game. That that that, that was my big rant. <laughs> so, sure. Well, that's how, I, that's how I test a lot of stuff that I write is, you know, I'll have yeah. to – because I, I don't have access to uh, just players at, the, at a whim. And so, yeah, you got to put stuff down, but it's very – very sterile yeah you know because it's yeah i guess there's more investment in how all this works versus the level of our social (laughs) 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 yeah no now i'm thinking about it i was like yeah i I don't know man it's a cool topic because it really is just it blends in so many places and it's like D and D fifth edition i know people will break out their books i'm trying to look at my shelf i packed almost everything away or sold it um I I know it addresses our role-playing now. Fourth edition did too, but I mean, regardless of all of those things, you look at conflict management, and not like the HR term for it, but like combat, like what, 87, 90% of D&D is written around the fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spells, you know, everything. Skills, they talk about, you know, Savage Worlds is just... Yeah, all feats. I mean, Savage Worlds is, is just as guilty of this. You know, it has some cool stuff, but when you look at the book, you're like, you know, the combat options are just very telling. Like, oh, this is a game about beating the dog piss out of people. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you're it it is. Yeah. But, but but it also does go into social. I mean, there are social skill or social yeah. edges. There are leadership yeah, the edges. There's social conflict resolution. There's, yeah. um, There's a lot of social. Cast. Yeah. So yeah, sure. there's there's non-combat stuff in there more so than in D and D. D and D is yeah. all combat focused. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot of social edges in Savage Worlds, which is surprising yeah. how much thought they put into that aspect of the yeah. game. That and the, the social, the social conflict system is really cool. 
So he, now he, I will say though the the great oh go ahead go ahead go ahead Santa. Oh no, I was going to ask a question of you guys, but if you uh, no, go if ahead. you got something, to add to it first. Uh, I was just going to say that the the thing about D and D is I think people expand beyond that without realizing it's like even we've talked about people that say, well, I'm running the game raw, right? Rules as written. And, and no, you're not because no. people expand that into the interactions, the puzzles, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think back to when I was a kid and Tracy Hickman, uh, big, big name in the D and D world back then. And, and still is with uh, like Dragonlance and all that sort of stuff. He talked about how he would run his uh, youth group from church. He'd have them play Dungeons and Dragons for what it was teaching the kids, which was how to cooperate with one another, how to uh, do teamwork and all that sort of stuff. And it wasn't just combat at that point. There there were other things that he was having to do to help them with that, with like the puzzles and and all that sort of stuff. But that's not to say that a combat focused game can't have or can't grow beyond that, those roots. But I still feel that, like like, like we said, D&D is a more combat-focused game than many of the other games out there. Would it be safe to say that um, story games and focus more on not only narrative, but more on uh, social interactions within the game, opposed to tabletop RPGs that tend to have a more focused um attention towards combat would that be a fair assessment Ooh, making you guys think i i you know i i don't i i still think we need to have a different i think we need to have new terms because most of your rpgs now are story focused and when you look at matt mercer running D and D, yeah there are several sessions where you can go an entire four hours and not have a single combat yep yeah So I I think we need to have different terms now. I think story RPGs or story games, there's, there's, I I, I think we've outgrown those labels to to where there needs to be something new perhaps to to describe things because your TTRPGs are story games now. Yeah. And that's why I think narrative, narrative or narrativist might work better, right? Because it's kind of goes to what you said, Santa is the focus is on the narration versus the resolution system. Because like a town called Malice, you don't I mean, you have resolution, but it's it's so vastly different than what you're used to in most role playing mm-hmm. games. Um, Dread, Ten Candles. Um, damn, I'm trying to think of some of the the ones that claim to be uh, fiasco. That has a resolution mechanic, but the fiasco, the narrative is more important. You know, it's more important of the, I guess the why. Or the how you get to the end versus the mechanics of the game and how well you obeyed them and you know if you threw dice or not, you had combat or not, or how many spell slots you have. Um, yeah, I don't. Maybe narrative a narrativist works better, but I don't know. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah, there's a different term that needs to be brought up and then put in place for it. Because yeah. like, even even though it's just, oh, go ahead. No, ghost. Yeah, I was gonna say even like calling it a story, like a story game. I almost, it almost sounds like slightly demeaning in a way. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, you hear tabletop bit. RPG. But you know, you hear, 
all those things, but, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rich is, Rich is correct. In, in, like, there's a lot of dudes in the OSR, and that's, you know, I had my roots writing for the OSR way before I really started doing anything for Savage Worlds, and that was a big thing, right? And you see it a lot on the videos. It's like, we're going to run OSR, we're going to do rules written, but then they start telling a story to each other, and they start interacting and role-playing, and I'm like, dude, I can open up that fucking 40-page book, and there are no rules on what you're doing. So you're having a natural gravitation to human interaction, conversing, uh, and making things uh, just out of nothing. And you create these things whole cloth out of your imaginations. There are no governing principles for that. There's no skills at all in OSR games unless they're more than more, you know, Neo OSR. Um, But yeah, you just don't have that. So it's like, what are we doing? Okay, we're going to converse. Sorry, well, I'm going to do this. And like charisma didn't affect anything in the old days, except for how many henchmen you could have and what their morale bonuses were going to be when you're <laughs> when they're in a fight and you're getting the shit kicked out of you. So, and then charisma changed with uh, first edition, and then they added comeliness, which is so stupid because um, everyone wants to be pretty. Um, <laughs> except Santa, he's always wanting to take the ugly edge. Right, I do. or hindrance rather, but yeah, uh, put a pin in the put a pin in the brawny edge. If there's a if there's an edge that irritates the piss out of me right now in Savage Worlds, it's the brawny edge. Brawny, oh, brawny. Just I'm glad uh, I've been pissing you off with my past couple of characters. I am about to ban the dog piss out of that edge in every game I run. Oh, uh, every single one of them is just it's about to go away. It's about to go away. So, what is brawny oh, for God. those who may not know? Go ahead. It gives you a plus one to your size. It gives you a plus one to your toughness. Uh, and that, that's that's mostly about it. It requires the, a D6 the, strength. Yes, but it's the, it's the toughness that everyone wants, yeah. not the size. The size increases. I'm trying to swear because I want to stay on YouTube and have a, a successful time with this. You've been good. The size increase <laughs> is dumb. It really is dumb yeah. because a size one increase in Savage Worlds is is important. It really is, and mm-hmm. so you look at some of the some of the like. There's nothing to stop a Kender from or a halfling or whatever that half oak from taking brawny to bring that size from a negative one yeah. to a zero. But yeah. it's just it's just it's stupid. It's just the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, and it's not you. It's not you guys at all. Like in the games, it's just it's everyone takes brawny, and it's just like you only want the toughness. So I'm about to get rid of Bronny and just write an ad to be like, pick me, I want toughness. And then we'll call it good. They'll have the same well, thing. And, you know, technically they could just by increasing their vigor by a die type. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, well, they want, uh, everyone, everyone wants to win. We're getting off topic. Everybody wants to win. <laughs> and they want, topic. it's this West March's game. This West March's game is <laughs> starting to drive me. To quote fuck Charlie from Always Sunny, I'm up to here right now. <laughs> I don't want to get any higher. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so I don't know. What we talk about, Ch- uh, D&D is less important than chess. What I, believe <laughs> I role play better. In, I, I role play more in chess than I do Dungeons and Dragons. That's not true anymore at all. No. Not, not remotely true anymore. I, he wrote that, to be fair. He wrote that during fourth edition. But again, and we can have this conversation at some point, the the maligning of fourth edition and i was just as guilty of it because i didn't i didn't get it and i'm shocked that a game designer didn't have a get it factor at that time i think he was jumping on a bandwagon of shitting all over wizards and it's unfortunate well you know i do think that the jared on the form on the discord server had a good point and that is Mm -hmm. 
people did it, it no longer felt like Dungeons and Dragons. And that's yeah. why there was so much backlash from the Dungeons and Dragons community because yep. it wasn't their game anymore. It was right. something else. And, and I thought that was an insightful point because I'd, I'd never picked up on that before. So you, neither one of you have ever played 4th edition, or have you? Nope, nope I have not. I have not even Okay, so it. he's not wrong in that it plays more like, again, I said that 4E plays like Savage Worlds because you have a fighter, right, say, and I have, I don't know, like like a bully, bully Strike. I'm just making it up. And that's my, it's my encounter power, and I get to use it once per encounter. And but when I hit you with it, it's I don't attack your not everything in in 4e attacked an armor class. So like bully strike, maybe my weapon and my attack bonus against your uh, fortitude save. And if you if 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 I make it, then I I push you back two squares. And so that's where it got weird for people is because it it felt like everyone had magic, but. I, and it's not, and it's not against anyone. It's I had the same problem because I walked away from a four E game from a lot of longtime friends. It's the 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 lack of the ability to imagine what was happening into an adventure movie. And if they could have explained that better, it would have been so much cooler. Because like, oh, I take my sword on the barbarian, and I hit your, I hit your ass with that flat of the blade, bully strike, boom, and I hit you so hard it makes you back up and reel from the damage and the impact. But no one ever played it like that because they just read the stupid cards and then they're like, oh, my video game encounter turn is over. And that's the unfortunate piece. So he's not wrong. It did feel that way. Um, and again, I was just guilty of that. And now I regret it looking back at everything. I'm like, this is probably the coolest version of D&D. Honestly, that's straight D&D. Um, just seeing how it plays out and the things it gave us. And we just we, we opened its mouth and just all in it. <laughs> well what, what do they say about hindsight being 2020 yeah 100 because now we've got this dumb game <laughs> i have to mind. Uh, if you ever want to run us through a 4e game i'll, I'll play a 4e game i do i just if anyone knows how to take an uh I will talk about this offline. I have a file that I don't know how to take the file and turn it into JSON to be able to pull that data into Foundry or Roll Twenty or anything. So it would have to be, it have to be like you guys have your character sheets and you just in your cards, which I have all that stuff for you, completely legal, and you just um, we have to roll dice and just carry it out that way. Maybe we could use the board, you know, the map, and that way with the tokens and stuff, and you make all your moves, and then we could just do the little sliding stuff. But automating it, it doesn't mean automated. But no shit, there are monsters. Like Orcus had like I don't know, 900 hit points or something. I wish I was well, well, so when you say Orcus, <laughs> like the demon Orcus, right? Yeah, yeah, like the demon the demon prince Orcus, yeah. But, <laughs> but there are monsters who I just looked up one the other day and I was like, oh, what is this creature does? Like 546 hit points. Because you see the bloody, bloody is halfway through. And I was like, how is bloody like 300, whatever, the 323? <laughs> my math. And I was like, that's a lot. I was like, oh, it has 500 hit points. <laughs> But you're, and even the 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 difficulty checks in for you were like a forty five, <laughs> so it tells you about the math. The math was just no, which is why five e went the way it went with like, nah, son, nah, son, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bounded accuracy and it's gonna work. <laughs> yeah, nice. so I'm sorry. I could talk about four e. I'm just having this real retrospect on on four e lately. I have all the I, I have all my books out. <laughs> Yeah.
Yeah, see, I, 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 I never bought a single – heck, I never even bought a 3.5 book. I, I never got to 3.5. After 3E, we switched everything over to Savage Worlds. Yeah, that's kind of where I went to. I was so disappointed once third edition. Like it started out pure. Like I think Raw 3E, just the three books, is a cool system. But then everybody had to do what they're doing with 5E. Now there's like, oh, I want this character class and I need these feats. I'm just like, Jesus, what? Just use what's in the book, man. It's written to where it's balanced and everything else that's coming after it is just to appease the you know the little monsters. But I don't know. But still, if you ever want their best book on advising you as a dungeon master or a game master, the um, fourth edition Dungeon Master's Guide 2 is probably one of the best books written because it's written by Robin Laws and it walks yeah. you through every aspect of being a good GM. It's crazy good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's worth the money if you can get a hard copy or PDF. said DMG2? Yeah, the DMG2. Yeah, it's just such a solid guide for how to run a game. And it's fourth edition, but everything in there is obviously written from his perspective of, you know, here's how you run a game in 4E. <laughs> <laughs> it has some other people, but they're not as important as Robin Laws and how he, how he his vision of things. Kind of like Ken Hike with his vision of how stories get created, you know. Um, I hold him on a pretty high pedestal of inventiveness. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. But that's the thing. So here, okay, back to the topic, Gumshoe. Um, you guys ever played Gumshoe? I've not. I've, okay. I've heard of it. I've never played it, though. So Gumshoe has skills, but because the conceit is, is that no one wants to play Call of Cthulhu and miss all the clues, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that shit happens. Gumshoe allows you to essentially burn your resources, your dice pools and all that. Stuff. What dice pools? But your your resolution mechanic, I don't know, packages, it allows you to burn those in order to get clues. Um, and, it, and it also says, hey, just, if it's a clue they need, don't be stupid. <laughs> you know, like don't put a locked door in the middle of the dungeon and be like, well, you couldn't pick it. I guess that's the end of the dungeon. No. To be fair, that's going to happen in West Marches because it's supposed to happen. But if you're doing a campaign, you don't want to do stuff like that. So, but Gumshoe is because of that mechanic, and it's in every game that they uh, that they touch, um, every genre of game because they use they will use the Gumshoe system. That is one of those that kind of straddles the line for me as well. It's because it's like, well, the resolution said no. Go to Savage Worlds. The resolution said no. Yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and burn this, and uh, we'll go ahead and do it. I'm going to take a pen, you know, make it hard for me to do it next time and harder and harder. So you can, it's, it's a give and take, but it kind of no different than Benny's, I guess, really. It may be harsher than Benny's because you're actually punishing yourself. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know, but is another one that has a really interesting line where it, it's gamist, but it also wants to have that narrative tie to it to mm-hmm. just get on with it. <laughs> you know, along those lines, I think, the more modern RPGs are moving in that direction. And, and I say that because I see a lot more of this. And it's a concept I've picked up and I'm incorporating even in Savage Worlds. And that is the failing forward. Yes. That a failure doesn't necessarily mean that you failed. It just means that there's something negative that's happening. So to your point, if there's something that is needed for this, for this story to continue and they fail their check to pick that door... Mm-hmm. Okay, you failed, you pick the lock, but your lock picks are broken in the process. Or you pick mm-hmm. the lock and triggered a trap that you didn't find before. 
Yeah, there, sure. there are things that you can do to allow them to get through that, even though they technically failed the role. Yep. And uh, I, I'm finding that, and you may have noticed this even in the Dragonlance game, where um, I'm trying to come up with ways that a critical failure, the, the crit fail that I had on last on the last game, I'm sitting there trying to destroy this thing. I crit fail my spell casting roll. And what happens? We have dynamic backlash, and that dynamic backlash is going to... The, the spell turns on me and does 2d6 points of damage. And whether or not this is how it is in the game, only Scott knows because he's the GM. But in my head canon for that character, he did the spell correctly. There was some sort of anti-magic shell going on that turned my spell against me. And that's how I that's how my character envisions it. That's how I as a player envision mm-hmm. it. And whether my vision is wrong or right, we can find out later, maybe, or maybe we never find out. Scott knows that, yeah, dude, you just you said the wrong the, the wrong syllable in the wrong spot and it screwed up. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm finding that even with when I'm GMing with my kids and things like that, I'm trying to make crit fails, not necessarily that the character did something horrible or just screwed up, unless that makes it a little bit more funny. Um, I'm finding that the, the, the whole concept of the fail forward is a lot more alluring to me now. And I'm trying to incorporate it in more games than, than like Coriolis, which is where I came across it. <laughs> mm, is it now? <coughs> Dungeon World. <coughs> oh, there is that one. But, yeah. but to be fair, I played Forbidden Lands before I played Dungeon World. <laughs> so. Well, I can, t- I can tell you which one was written first. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of, but no. It, well, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. You first. No, go ahead. Nas is no. beeping. Um, <laughs> but but it and there are people who will flip out about this very topic, right? And be like, well, no, that's not what the rules say. They'd be like, oh my god, what do you care? But like for your character, and I even told you, if that's like I want to explore what your character said, right? It yeah. happened because I do know that. Well, there's a reason I told you what was on the overhead anyway. Uh, and, um, but it's just, there are people who flat out are these purists of like a failure is a failure. Let's just move forward. But they're also, those are the same kind of people who are like, well, I want to know how many resources and towards a fire would we go through in a travel day? It doesn't matter, dude. It just doesn't matter. (laughs) Jesus wept. It doesn't matter. You also have never been out in the wild. It looks like, so I don't think you have a, you know. Well, Jesus Christ. Kind of was it my pasty white skin that gave it away that I never <laughs> No, not you. Just, <laughs> there are people I can look at and be like, I don't need you to advise me on the on the wilderness. Uh, multiple seer schools have, have done that for me. I'm very well acquainted with how hungry you can possibly get and, <laughs> and how cold you can get. And um, snuggling up against another dude is just what's going to happen when you're freezing to death in, in a high desert so, or in the mountains of, of Vermont and, and into Maine. So it just doesn't matter. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't like taking advice from people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, one thing I kind of wanted to uh, say, because it's on the topic of, you know, story games. And I think there's a lot of games out there that we don't realize are story games that uh, Mm. actually are. And a perfect example of this is um, I recently got the book from Rowan Rook and Deckard, uh, Heart. And I was like, oh, this is a cool RPG. You know, I'm reading it and everything like that. And then further down the book, 
they actually say is like, this is how you run a story game. And I was like, wait, what? Mm. And so I, I started looking through and, you know, usually at the beginning, it says this is how you play an RPG game. <laughs> they do. I I'm I have to look through it more, but I don't think they ever once call it a tabletop RPG. I don't think they call it an RPG. Interesting. Yeah. And I just it did not even click to me that I was reading something that was more considered a story game because, you know, there is, it's, you know, you do have a character and you gain abilities for that, but the whole entire time they start discussing and pushing. This is a narrative game. You're creating a story with everyone together with your characters. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's still an RPG. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) The contrarian. Give give him, give him a they typed it, so it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People misuse words all the time. No, it's not true at all. <laughs> so uh, I, I would still say that it's an RPG, even though they may want to bill it as a story game. To me, I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's like within the within the world of literature. Yeah, you have your. Um, I believe the term they use is literati. The mm-hmm. those who feel that if I'm writing science fiction, I'm somehow writing less. That yeah. the, the yeah. true the true writing is fiction, um, or or that that genre. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a lot of RPG designers and maybe even players who are like, well, I'm not an RPG. I'm a we're telling stories. We're we're yes. we're it, it, it's yes. this elevation. Yes, um, whether right. they intend it that way or not, that's that's how uh-huh. that's how it comes across to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a hundred percent. You're right, and hundred percent they do mean it because I can hundred percent name at least three companies right now who act that way, and they're <laughs> bougie as all get out about it, and they do hold themselves to be better than thou because they do consider D and D. Like I give D and D shit, but I will still I maybe I will still play it, but I don't consider it low brow, and they yeah. do. Yeah, you know, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think these games are lowbrow at all. Um, I mean, the players are lowbrow, but it's a different thing. Well, <laughs> that, that is a different thing. I agree. <laughs> West marches is just. <laughs> and we'll be doing an I'm episode on West marches how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to. I'm excited for to oh, yeah. We're going to have to have a story time, definitely, uh, about uh, your adventures with the West March campaign. Um. It, it will be interesting because it's, it's rich, and it's part of the reason I'm really excited about it is because it's him, and I know I can, it's a degree of trust because he's familiar, yep. and because yeah. the, other, the other two people, well, the one guy, to be fair, is fine. Um, the one dude has been a pain in the ass, um, but he's new to, I think, everything. And so grain of salt, um, it's just he got started on my nerve when if you come on the splash screen and it says big giant titles that are clickable, it says character creation, setting common knowledge. You shouldn't then ask me, can I be X? <laughs> you should already know that those answers are somewhere in those two documents. And they're not very long, right? So so I'm curious to see how it pans out also because of how things happen. And we'll save it for the West March episode. But I am I'm curious to hear to get Rich's feedback on it because it'll be it'll be brutally honest and then just to see 
what insight I've really gained from this because it's a very different thing to run, especially on a virtual tabletop. But I think I've got enough tricks down. Thank God for virtual tabletops nowadays in, in, in this era. Because <laughs> I, I was real nervous about some of the concepts and then, and then I just I just stopped being dumb and I was like, oh, this is going to be so easy. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know, man. But there are people who do consider some of these games to be very lowbrow. Like I was watching a video the, this morning when I was typing some stuff and the one guy's like, oh, I really like Savage Worlds and one of the panelists is like... Pfft. You know, and then he's like, I like Palladium. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> shit, mate, you will pick the second shit system that I can't stand. <laughs> oh, boy. You talk about a, a nonsense system that should have should have died a long time ago like GURPS, but it still clings on because of Gronyards. Um, holy God. <laughs> Riffs should be thankful to peg every moment of their day for riffs for savage worlds um mm. but it's that it's the attitude but then the attitude is when the same people like that are like well i you know i you know if it was further on in the thing i made comments on it i can't help myself because like well i don't play savage worlds you know um i just played pinnacle i was like bro <laughs> <laughs> But it, but the and you know people are like well you know maybe he doesn't know no I know he doesn't know and that's the frustrating part because you tout yourself to be some kind of mouthpiece right for for things and logic and truth and it's just like you don't know what you're talking about you are so like I know I, I gave Derek a really hard time about five E but but he and I was were eventually talking and he was like he's like look I get you have a a, a lot of experience and, and even Santa said that he's like he's like you he's like you do have a lot of experience so, you know. It can't, it's kind of incomprehensible sometimes where it's like, yeah, I've done this for like Rich and I played for Jesus Christ. We're old men now and I've been doing this since yeah. I was 10 years old. Yeah. Um, that's 40 years of this nonsense. And I played a lot of games. I, the games I talk shit about, I also played. I played Rifts. I ran Rifts. I ran Palladium Fantasy. I ran Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Still got to play Smart for that, even as ridiculous and system it is and it takes five hours to make one character but <laughs> so i i may run my mouth but you can guarantee i've at least done the games right and you know so there's that and i don't look down on any game well i'll break games <laughs> balls because they're not what i want that we talked about this before is it, there are game systems that let me it's in i don't want to say santa accused me of this <laughs> but i forgot what he said but he was he was it was the talk about all these systems. It's like you are definitely more of a narrative style person when I run a game, and that's mm -hmm. why I probably gel with Savage Worlds best because it's that medium ground for me. There is no other game that lets me do what I do. Not even D and D Five E doesn't let me do what I do because I get bored with the combat. Yeah. At least Savage Worlds combat is fun and it's always fluid. There's always something new going on. Um, but yeah, I don't ever look down on. A, I've never really looked down on another game uh, down my nose. Right? Have you guys at all? I just. Have I ever like looked at a game? Uh, I will say that I probably look. I, yeah. I, I look down at my. I look down my nose probably mm -hmm. at video game RPGs. Yeah, when but somebody I mean, says I'm I, play, I play RPGs. <laughs> I'm talking about tabletop because yeah. there's some. There's some. There's yeah. like yeah. Solastra would be fun with you two dummies because it's it's Solastra is basically the best version of fifth edition you can play and it's on a computer and it's on Steam. It's a really really well done role playing game. It's turn based. <laughs> Right, so I mean that would be fun because we what we wouldn't we would be BSing and we wouldn't be well, my 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 elven mage. Uh, good evening, sir. Uh, would you like some ale? No, we wouldn't do that. Just, oh, you know, my shot is on my co-op. Uh, 
and it's on. It sale is online co-op. That's why. And it's, oh, on it's sale. such a good game. It's so worth the money. It's worth, right. how much is it on sale? Seventeen. Well, Canadian. So remember, it's probably like two dollars for you, but seventeen bucks for me. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be. But it's a really good game. They skirted the line. I think Jared even mentioned that was he did mention Solastra, and I think most people were like, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, but it's a really good version of Fifth Edition D and D. It's it's like. It's like the old school Baldur's Gate knowledge, yes, but with the fifth edition rule set, the SRD built cool. into it. And oh. it, is, it is co-op. But I, so no, besides. To, to, answer, to answer your question, I, I don't think I've ever looked down my nose at another RPG. I, I may pe- give something a pass. I yeah. may, to your point, I may talk crap about it. But even on Discord, I think when we were talking about that, I would rather yeah. somebody get into D&D than yeah. not get into RPGs yeah. at all. Because yeah. the, I, I think TTRPGs, are very beneficial to society, yes. especially yep. people who need to learn social skills. Hundred percent, and it's good. And it's like um, that's how I got the one group I had here locally with all the well, the, the, the doctor and the nurse, and then the engineer. Uh, I met them. I ran them through fifth edition because it's what they wanted, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is a really cool game. You really, you know, you do this. This is awesome." So we played a few sessions here. We finished a little campaign. I was like, "You know, when we take a pal- I ran D and D as honest as I could, and they had a good time. But we, I was like, but I always do what I do. I'm like, hey, let's have a palate cleanser. Like, yeah, you guys interested in like science fiction or anything like that? They're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, let's try, uh, let's try the Savage Worlds. And I'll make up some characters for you. <laughs> <laughs> and we did a one shot. And then uh, when I was like, what do you guys want to do next? The 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 doctor, she was like, ah, oh, I don't know, I don't know about you dipshits, but we're playing Savage Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. (laughs) That was it. And they were critical role junkies. You know, they consumed everything 5e that you possibly could. Um, And then I did what I usually do. (laughs) And you're a good man for it. (laughs) I will recruit you away from boring, stale. Oh, is it a 16? Uh, It's my turn again. I've had to wait five hours. Oh, I, uh, I cast magic missile next. You know, speaking of that though, the thing that's funny is I saw a YouTube video the other day (laughs) about D and D five E and this Mm -hmm. guy's rules for overland travel. And the way he describes it, I'm like, that's a freaking dramatic task in Savage Worlds. That's all you've done. That's all, you've taken dramatic tasks from Savage Worlds and put it into 5e. And, and there are some concepts. I mean, he came up with some concepts. That I'm like, that is cool. And that's something yeah. that I may want to use because he's like, yeah, they have to get so many successes on these skill rolls. And if yeah. they fail to get that, then there's a deadly encounter. And I'm like, yeah. that's kind of a cool idea. Because yeah. um, he's like, I want, I want it to be the idea that overland travel is dangerous. And it's not something yeah. to be undertaken lightly. Well, and gonna, I'm like, that's cool. You're going to enjoy the uh, West Marches game then. So uh, awesome, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but like, I, I kind of joked about it. But those are the kind of groups, though, I want to join and just throw a, a a pretend hissy fit. Be like, you're not running Fifth Edition now. <laughs> this, has no, this has no bearing. Show me, show me the book where this is acceptable. Well, you know, we got to create house rules. Yeah, I don't want house rules. I want Fifth Edition. <laughs> Just to be an ass because, you know, because the point is, is like, well, why would you do that? Well, because in Savage Worlds, it literally says, here's how you accomplish all these things. Oh, and if you don't yeah. like something, then don't use it. Or if you need something else, well, let us let me introduce you to setting rules or yeah. change the skills. Or there's a thousand other things. I'm like, if you're playing a role-playing game and you feel the need to begin creating house rules, there's a problem with the game you're playing because it's not for you. And I think that's the hardest part to get across to people. Because it's like, what house rules are you use? Well, you know, well, you shouldn't be playing that game. 
Not at all. But I enjoy it. Yeah, you enjoy it because you changed it. <laughs> very fair. I enjoy, I enjoy my Volkswagen now too because I bought an excursion. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's a good thing you had your excursion too because uh, I don't think you would have fit in my car. <laughs> I barely fit in my Passat. <laughs> That's why I bought the excursion. <laughs> I love that excursion. The dogs love the excursion. So it's the, uh, going to the see, you know, I love my GTI. <laughs> well, yeah, I still love Volkswagen, but I'm like, because Volkswagen make yeah. the the Atlas, but the size of the excursion. And then the, the Volkswagen people are just like, what? I'm like, yeah, you know, bigger. <laughs> Big, big, bigger with a V10 engine. Because you know, <laughs> why would you want that? Because that V that V8 you got in there is not a real V8. Let's be honest. <laughs> and that thing, you know, it was all snowy here. We had a good time driving it. Very few times I get to take a vehicle out and practice crash and bang. But as always, I look forward to heavy snows. Like, yeah, you want to see what I learned in Virginia? Nice. Uh, but um, guitars. We're heading about. Did we crap all over story games? And no, honestly, I think the only thing we've kind of proved is that the line between story games and RPGs is almost a little pointless to make because they seem to blend so much together that it's hard to really say, "Oh, this is only a story game. This is only RPG." No, because they always take elements from each other. So maybe we just got to call them RPGs. So well, here's well, one last thing. Uh, I'm go- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So this might this might help. Uh, story games uh, are only good for one shots. I said what I said. I, I, I don't disagree. I, although I, I will say, if you come to me and say that you played a GMless solo RPG, I'm going to rage quit on you. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about dread. We wouldn't we yeah. wouldn't leave it. You know, we wouldn't leave the Jenga tower up to continue yeah. the story of the surviving characters. Yeah, agree. Right? You, so. It, yeah, story games are, are basically one-shots. I, well, and, and to that point, I mean, Ten Candles is totally that way because all characters yeah. die at the end of Ten Candles. Yeah. And yeah. what's that one about language? Um, oh, uh, oh man. Yeah, it's, it's right in front of me, but I can't see the bones. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, and, and it got moved on me, so. I know. It's the cards. If I only had the force. <laughs> uh, let me channel my hatred. Maybe it'll work. But yeah, it's – um. what the hell is that game? Yeah, you can't but stand yeah, up because you're a not one-shot wearing pants, game. right? <laughs> no, I could do I that. I, I didn't do that. That's what I did on the pandemic. Was fun because it was like, "Are you in uniform?" Uh, I had the top on. Yes. <laughs> yes. What is that? The game language. Like? It's the language dialect. Dialect. Uh, great dialect. game, man. We should play that one time on stream just to do dialect? it. I, I would love to play that game. I've never played That'd it. Be fun. No, it's and- a GMless game though. You have a problem with it. Oh nope. <laughs> but we've already established on an RPG. Yeah, and it's we not, got we gotta get uh we gotta get Finder to buy also Celastra, and then we can do that one on stream too. And then he'll be like, Oh, you know what's really cool? Uh computer role playing game. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've I've never really touched him before, and I think I was wrong on complaining about him all this time. I might try this solo <laughs> RPG. <laughs> Talk about his character on Solastra. Oh, oh, hey, yeah, you know what, guys? I got something here for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was awesome. It'd be perfect. Oh, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you, Scott. I think it's they're usually they're good for mostly only one shots. And now I say mostly because yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think it. Ha- I wouldn't say it's only one shots, just because I think you could have two or three sessions, but it has to be a self-contained story. It has to. Yeah, evolve. you're not going like. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're not going to play like uh, Lost Minds of Fandelver in uh, Dread. Yeah. <laughs> or what other story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like even, um, even with uh, what I was talking about, Heart, they say this should, uh, this should be only three sessions, five max. And that that's what they run with. Cause they say, it's like, there's a good chance you guys are going to die, but the, it's the, the game isn't about becoming the best, the strongest. It's about creating a story revolving around, your group so yeah yeah okay yeah. So i'm glad someone agrees with me so that's good no i, yeah, I agree I no agree. i mean officially it's, it's nice to hear someone it's nice to hear a publisher be like yeah, i'm gonna be honest with you don't don't <laughs> don't play rhyme of the frost maiden in heart like <laughs> 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 oh but what about dungeon world yeah i would totally Oh man, that gives me a really good idea. Anybody out there want to play uh, Lost Minds of Fandelver in Dungeon World? <laughs> no, we got. Oh, I, 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 if you run into, I will play it. I mean, I've got no problems doing that. So, I got so much of my. Like, so much I, I've got trust in you as a GM. So <laughs> that's the problem. So what we talk about when we write when I when I write stuff. My buddy says to say it was he. he that's the conversation we have. Is like we go to the convention or we're running stuff. And it's like, hey, how did you like the game? And, just, and people are like, oh, this is a really fun game. You know, the, you, the, the thing. And I know that people listening are like, this motherfucker has such an ego. I'm like, I don't have an ego. I don't think I run games well. I just have charisma and I, actual charisma. <laughs> and it allows me to be a spaz and a hype at the table. But the thing is, is like, was the game fun? Like, oh, it was great. I love the setting. And like, did you? And then my, my boy is like, now, do they really like the setting? Or is it because you ran the game? <laughs> I was like... Yeah, I know. I need to see someone run the game who's <laughs> who's not me and <laughs> be like, run the game. Yeah. You know, and they just sit on my hands and vibrate through time and space and not try to interject. <laughs> that's going to be hard. That'll be hard in the West March to be like, oh, here's where it is on the map. <laughs> dumb. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got a lot on my plate. But I do want to, let's commit, I do want to run in this year before I get reassigned and my life turns upside down. I do want to run you guys through a one shot of Rollmaster and 4E. I'll commit to that. And then uh, I, Santa okay. has to commit to running. You got to run a one shot for is in uh, not Lilliput, but a low life. <laughs> Whatever. Low life? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Low life. Yes. Or, or just we'll you make shit using... up. I don't really care. I, sh- I want to play a Twinkie Man with a toothpick. <laughs> and we'll run life. it using I don't fate. Care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. So, here's, I want to be a Twinkie man. Okay. See, I, I say we play a we play a game of uh, low life that's Deadlands though. So it's like you're not just a Twinkie man; you're Twinkie the kid. Oh, no, well, <laughs> yes, but I could. Oh, I could be Twinkie the kid, the uh, huckster. Oh my god! Exactly. So See, combining Deadlands uh, with low life, yes, yeah. Oh my god! I'll be your cream filling. <laughs> Someone's just got to clip that part right there. <laughs> no, that's the race. Rich. Sorry, the ancestry. It, I think it's, cre- it's cre- isn't it creme filian or something like that? Creme filian. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a Twinkie man. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. The drawing is a Twinkie man. He's a yeah. rugged Twinkie man. But don't, Rich, you don't just, demonetize us, you, YouTube. Uh, we are you <laughs> may have you may have made just made dungeon or uh, Deadlands interesting. Hmm. <laughs> well, I and even I remember yeah. my campaign that I, I was talking about too was mm-hmm. actually a Western style game. Already, it was already a Western style game. I could so easily do. Lol. (laughs) Siri agrees. (laughs) That was perfect timing. That was perfect timing. But on that note, folks. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. On that note, folks, uh, that's all the time we had for today. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, you can either comment if you're watching this on YouTube down below. You can send me an email at rpsmartpeople at gmail.com. Or if Twitter's still around, you can send me a tweet at Twitter on at rpsmartpeople. Uh, and that's all the time we have for today, folks. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.